Welcome to episode 37 of On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast. The Ohio Hockey Digest is the foremost location for hockey in Ohio, covering every level played from youth and high school to juniors, college, and pro. Articles written to keep the hockey community up to date on all happenings with hockey in Ohio. My name is Tim Sullivan. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Lewandowski and producer Dan Humphrey. With On Air, we are bringing you fresh content and adding voices, names, and faces to interesting people, making the Ohio hockey community better. This episode of the Ohio Hockey Digest On Air podcast is brought to you by Ohio Hockey Project. With diversified program options, Ohio Hockey Project has you covered on your road to success. Enrollment is now open for spring and summer programs at www.ohiohockeyproject.com. Spring skating and skill programs are available in addition to private coaching and organizational consulting. There's also a six-week midget junior program that includes off-ice training, innovative stride, and skill development techniques, as well as a fun, competitive environment. Sign up before March 1st to take advantage of an early bird discount. Additional discounts are available for multiple program and multiple athlete registrations. Well, boys, last week we had a uh, fun time talking with St. Charles head coach Rob Sankser, and he shed some light on the Cardinals season. He also shed some light on some of the stories that he had as a player. Uh, They have certainly, the Cardinals I speak of, have certainly had their share of COVID-related challenges down there in Columbus area. With a late start to their season, but we got to see them up here in Cleveland uh, area over the weekend at the Father Styles Showcase hosted by St. Ignatius. I tell you what, it was fun watching them play. You, you want to talk about a group of kids that are just biting at the bit to, to be back on the ice? I thought it was good to see those kids play. They played hard, and it looked like they were having fun. Them and the uh, coaches. Yeah, how, how many masks do you think Rob goes through in a game? Well, let's see. It was about three minutes into the game, and the first one was ripped off. Uh, about five minutes later, the second one was ripped off. I think he was able to salvage the uh, earpieces, the ear loops, whatever. But, um, you know, like you said, they've gone through a lot of COVID uh, restraints or whatever and, and shutdowns and that. And the coaching staff was excited just to be there and, and to be able to play games. I think, I think Rob had told us uh, when we spoke to him that night that they had played eight games prior. And in, in amongst the shutdowns. And so they were just excited to be able to be together and, and, and uh, to play hockey and the boys played hard and it was uh, fun to talk to him last week. I mean, the stories, you know, he was trying to share some uh, off camera stories with us the other that night and uh, just the stories he was able to tell are just absolutely hysterical. Yeah, just a char- he's a good character. Good guy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Good guy. And, and, you know, we had the, the, the time, the game that we played them. And, and again, with all the, COVID restrictions, uh, you know, we were standing outside before we could enter the building uh, together uh, as a, both coaching staffs talking. And, you know, getting just to talk to him and his staff was was really – it was really interesting to hear their journey so far face-to-face and then talking to a couple of their staff members about what they've been having to go through. Uh, and it was – I don't want to say it's a lot different up here in, in Cleveland, but it was – man, they've been – They've had it rough down there, and, and they uh, uh, they were just so happy to be uh, somewhere playing. Yeah, they got put through the ringer. Absolutely. Well, in addition to Rob talking to us about uh, uh, the St. Uh, Charles Cardinals, he also talked to us about and gave us his perspective on the high school scene, 
But Rob shared some stories from his playing days in the Ontario Hockey League and the East Coast Hockey League with the Columbus Chill. He certainly played in a different era, and we got to hear that for sure, <laughs> which we were old enough to remember. But when the gloves dropped, uh, they dropped at a much frequent uh, pace uh, than yeah. they do today. And, and you really had to keep your head and your fists up at all times because at any point, whether the refs were out there or not, you could be throwing uh, hands with each other. Well, like, like he talked about, there was just a different, I don't want to call it a code, but there was a, there was a different way to do things. I mean, you know, guys couldn't take liberties with your goal scorers and your playmakers and not have to answer for it. And today maybe it's a little different. I mean, as he said, it was, you know, times are different and, it, the guys are bigger and they're much faster and, you know, everyone has skill and, and the, those that can have to throw, throw hands, as you said. And that day there were guys that were set aside. They were the heavies. They were the team storytellers, if you will. And uh, they were the ones policing to make sure that the, the skill guys could do what they were paid to do. He had 10 goals in his draft year, but still got drafted and they were not bringing him in to run the power play. Management, you're you're screwing up the whole show. What do you wait, mean hold, wait, wait. You? Hey, hold on. Is I hear a voice. Who is that? Is that management with us? Oh, I thought that was Bob McKenzie. Oh my god! McKenzie again. I thought that was Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob. <laughs> well, as things have been shaking down and, and shipping up, if you say, I mean, I, hopefully we're starting to move in the right direction. Let's see what's happening in the news of the Ohio Hockey Digest. Six of the top high school teams in Ohio participated in the Father's Style Showcase at Brooklyn Recreation Center in Brooklyn, Ohio last weekend. The event, hosted by St. Ignatius High School, also included St. Edwards High School, Gilmore Academy, Upper Arlington High School, University School, and St. Charles Prep. The results impacted this week's poll as University School moved up from number 10 in the state to a tie for number 6. And St. Charles dropped out of the top 10 after losing twice on Saturday. This is the second showcase hosted by St. Ignatius High School this season that has attracted some of the top high school programs in the state to Northeast Ohio to face off against each other. Wildcats head coach Pat O'Rourke is happy with how the event turned out. It really can't travel anywhere, so, you know, there's there's great teams all around Ohio, too, and so we had a bunch of good ones up here, and it, was, you know, it doesn't really matter who won or lost. It was They were all pretty close games pretty much across the board, and, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's all we're looking for here is just good competition and the parameters are a little bit different this year, but, uh, you know, you make the best of it. And so we we're, thank all the teams who attended and uh, both, both showcases. And I hope they feel the same. I hope they think it was good competition and worth their while. The Bowling Green Falcons continued to move up in the national rankings. BG was number five in this week's United States college hockey online poll up from number eight last week. Bowling Green plays at Bemidji state Thursday and Friday. The only game the Falcons have lost in their last 12 outings came in overtime to Bemidji on January 8th. The Falcons won the 1,000th game in program history with a 6-2 victory over Northern Michigan Saturday at Slater Family Ice Arena. Ethan Steffel of Kent Roosevelt High School scored seven goals against Nordonia in a 9-2 Rough Rider win at the Parma MLK Tournament to set the school record for goals in a game. Steffel said it was a night to remember. I think for the for the most part, my shot was accurate. Um, 
another senior with me named Cade Kiger. He he basically had the puck most of the time, and he or I would get open, and then he would just find me with the pass, and I would just shoot it. The Toledo Cherokee won three games in three different rinks last weekend, extending their win streak to five games. Toledo trails the second-place Pittsburgh Vengeance by four points in the Great Lakes Division of the United States Premier Hockey League. Toledo hosts Fort Wayne Wednesday night and will be in Pittsburgh for a pair of games this weekend. So the opportunity to catch up with or pass the Vengeance is right in front of them. Andre DuPaul scored the game-winning goal in a 5-2 Cherokee victory over the Columbus Mavericks Sunday at Chiller North. It was DuPaul's seventh game-winning goal of the season. That has him tied for the league lead in the entire 62-team USPHL Premier Division. DePaul has 18 goals and 40 points in 30 games this season. This episode of the Ohio Hockey Digest On Air podcast is brought to you by Ohio Hockey Project. Enrollment is now open for spring and summer programs at www.ohiohockeyproject.com. We're going to try something a little different this week and talk about fantasy. Fantasy hockey, that is. According to recent studies, almost one in four Americans over the age of 12 play fantasy sports. The vast majority, about 75%, play fantasy football, with fantasy baseball the second most popular. Over 40 million people play fantasy football in the United States. But that's not what we're here to talk about. While other sports are not as popular, fantasy hockey can definitely be entertaining and add enjoyment to your hockey season if you like to follow the NHL. Today's guests are veteran fantasy leaguers and are going to kick around some topics and ideas on how to start a fantasy hockey league and, more importantly, be competitive at it. From the BHL, let's welcome management Scott Harrington, Tyler Whidden, and Skip Snow to the show. Welcome to On Air, guys. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, fellas. Guys. Well, today, and, it's, and for uh, Tyler and Skip, you know, I feel like uh, – Jay and I feel like we're being, again, observed by our boss. So uh, let's hope you can make us sound really good today. Um, but let's get let's start off, Tyler. Let's start off with you. Let's start with your fantasy sports resume and your BHL background. Oh, man. I am literally the greatest fantasy hockey player to ever play the game. Uh, no, my I think my brother hooked up. These guys started the league way before I joined the BHL. Uh, my brother was in the league, and they needed a player, and I think I joined up, I'm going to say, around 05. And I say that because I know for a fact I won the BHL in 07, and I rubbed it in everybody's face that I had only been in the league like two years and had won it. The, the, the Miami Marlins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. I did buy my championship. Uh, yeah, so I think I've been there 15 years. I've won it a couple times. I'm also the only owner to get the de facto winning because we had a guy win it one year, who ended up not paying his, his dues. So I just stayed with the championship because I had won it the previous year. Uh, not only did he not did he not pay his dues, he didn't change his lineup the whole he season. He had and like he one goal. Won the, he won the league. Oh, so, it's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. So there, we made some changes after that. Yeah. And Skip, oh, yeah. Skip, uh, Join in and tell us your fantasy resume. Yeah, so I mean, uh, I've, I have Tim. I've played. I mean, everything. I I uh, I probably played fantasy baseball first, 
And then uh, when I started working with the, with the Cleveland Indians back in the early 90s, they had a fancy football league and it kind of grew from there. And I've always liked, you know, kind of the, the gambling aspect, whether it's horse racing or anything like that. And so that that part of it kind of appeals to me. Um, and I, I didn't grow up with hockey. So um, I, uh, I went to my first NHL game on, Dece- on uh, New Year's Eve 1993. It was the Blackhawks game at Chicago Stadium. And I absolutely, within a half a period, fell in love with the Blackhawks and the NHL and, and hockey in general. And uh, as luck would have it, in the next couple of years, I'm working alongside uh, a Boston Bruins fan from New Hampshire. That's uh, that if you're ever trying to get into the sport of hockey, you know this is the guy that you want to you know kind of have walking you through things and bounce ideas off and just to kind of learn everything in, inside and out with with Scott Harrington. Um, so I don't re- really remember the genesis of why we started the the BHL. It stands for the Beer Hockey League. Um, basically he and I both have a, a very similar idea on like what we wanted the league to look like. And it had to be, you know, NHL junior, as far as communications, it looked very official. We, we wanted to have history. We wanted to have almost our own brand and we both were very simpatico with that, that idea. So we started this league and, uh, found a few, few guys that would get involved and we had to do everything from scratch, but that's, you know, that's how I got involved in it. And I haven't I haven't played fantasy hockey for I don't know twenty years, but uh, very fond memories of the the five or six years that I did that. Right. Skip, were, you guys were working for the Indians at the time. Yes. Yeah. How were how were the Indians doing since you guys were putting together such a sophisticated fantasy <laughs> hockey league that the how how was the big club doing that that year? Uh, well, that was during a sellout streak when the they tickets were, getting... were selling themselves. So, yeah. oh, so... Were they? Were they? Were they? <laughs> so bobblehead, you... bobblehead night every other day, or was that so, what you're doing? Well, and I used to hear on the radio, like, what are the people the ticket office doing when there's no tickets to sell? Well, I can tell you that two of them were inside that were in the bowels of, but then it was Jacobs Field, and I still call it Jacobs Field, but they were in the bowels of that facility coming up with this, uh, this format <laughs> for this interesting hockey league. So, okay, all right, that makes sense now. Skip, I understand you have a, a, a story about Bobby Hall. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what year do we think this was, Scott? Uh, uh, late 96, 97. Yeah, so we, were, so we were at the new stadium, and I was uh, – Bobby Hall and, – and Bobby, and quickly, I, I, I glommed onto the Blackhawks. And so in a few short years, like everything about the history of the Blackhawks and Stan Makita and Bobby Hall, I would just soak all that stuff up and – uh, Bobby Hall was, uh, was at Gundarina promoting something and we had arranged to go out with him through, through Scott that, that night. And, uh, I forget why, but I, I bailed on him and this was like a week. You, it was a week you, night. You, you bailed on Bobby Hall. I bailed on Bobby Hall, which, okay. which, okay. which you remember, you remember the part in the movie, uh, pretty woman when she goes huge mistake. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. But the thing is, I think I got a better story out of it by Bailey. <laughs> because what happened is the next day, I might have been, a, let's say I, I show up the next day, it's Friday morning. And usually at that time, I would have like 50 voicemails to go through. And, it, you know, the old voicemail system in the early, uh, mid 90s, whatever. And I'm going through the voicemails. And about, I get this message from about, you know, it, the, you have one, you know, one more call, 104 a.m. And I get this. <laughs> Hey, Skip, this is Bobby Hall, you rat, blankety-blank, hoo-ha, bling-bling, blaggity-bob. And he threw out this this uh, tirade of obscenities that is still hanging over uh, Jacob's Field to this day. And it was the most amazing collection of 
like Eddie, you know, you say, we're, I'm sitting here with Scotty and Billy and Bobby and we're waiting for you, you rat bastard, mingity, bing, bung, bung. And he goes on and on and on about all the stuff they're doing. And, and I don't even remember if he called back again. It, it, it ended up being like a four or five minute voicemail that I, I thought was like, if I'd have had Babe Ruth's bat, it couldn't have been more valuable than this voicemail <laughs> that I had on my phone. And so for, for a couple years, you know, they would do these, uh, uh, these service deals on our phone system and everything. And every time I got real nervous that I was going to lose the voicemail, because I would play it for people. Everybody in the whole office was coming down listening to this voicemail. And it's just this gravelly voice, old man, just calling. And he'd never met me, but calling me every name in the book. And you know, just it was kind of a jest, and it was, but it was fun. And then one day we we switched systems or something, and I lost it, and I was... Uh, just crestfall and still to this day just crestfallen <laughs> that i can't that i can't play this for you guys now <laughs> well tyler before we get into the the meat and potatoes of fantasy hockey tyler you have a pretty good story about gordy Howe, i believe oh uh yeah so when i was uh i think a sophomore in high school and the lumberjacks uh the cleveland lumberjacks of the ihl were playing in cleveland and my father scott you worked for him too yeah Yep. And my father was, uh, I don't know, vice president of community relations or what have you. And uh, Gordy Howe was in town. He was the official, quote unquote, spokesman of the Cleveland Lumberjacks. Um, and he was coming in town to sign autographs for a game. And he had, they had like a poster. It was a montage of his, I don't know, career. Uh, and he uh, ended up staying at our house. Not ended up staying at our house. We didn't like meet him at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> was like, why don't you come over? Uh, that was the plan all along. Uh, but yeah, he, I mean, he signed autographs for, I'm not kidding you, four or five hours that night. Uh, came back to our house. It was after Thanksgiving. We had cold turkey sandwiches with him. And he signed more posters at our house. Uh, he peed in our bathroom. And my mom wrote on the wall, <laughs> Gordy Howe peed here. Uh, and he told, uh, he told some great stories too. Uh, he was a great guy. I, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Did you play Michael. Sega? Did you play Sega with Gordy Howe? I kicked his ass. The guy was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I even gave him the Rangers. I was like, "Look, man, just be this guy and just shoot from the blue line." And he wouldn't do it. He was terrible. He wanted to be Detroit. Bad mistake. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, I'll, I'll let you guys uh, decide how you guys want to talk about this. But can you just talk to us about or how you decided about the format of? Uh, the BHL and your fantasy league and any of our listeners out there that are in fantasy leagues or looking to, you know, start one or whatever. So can you just talk about your format? I think the first thing, uh, if you're going to start a fantasy league, so I don't know if people listening or some people may be thinking about starting one. So many, some people may be in one already. I think just at the ground level, the first thing you want to do is you need to get a bunch of guys or girls who are like-minded in terms of do they want it to be super detailed and competitive or is it just going to be something that's uh you know a little more relaxed and you just kind of pick your team each year and start over so i think that's really the first key is is to get uh have a clear vision of how uh detailed the league is going to be and make sure you've got people that are up for that type of uh type of commitment are there, are there, are there pros and cons to doing your own versus maybe doing like an ESPN an NHL or, or like a Yahoo sports type league? I, I think the, the fun 
part about uh, starting your own is, you know, instead of just signing up with a bunch of people you don't know is to, you know, you, you want to be able to trash talk as Tyler can uh, attest. That's really the, the, the most fun. Back in the day in the BHL, we had uh, 16 teams, I think. Half of them worked for the Indians, half of them worked for the Lumberjacks. You know, we're all kind of down in the gateway area. And, uh, you know, it was fun to uh, let people know who was in first place and who was beating who in the playoffs. And it was easy to talk trade, that type of thing. Um, but in terms of uh, format, you know, our, our we go with a head-to-head format. I know there's different ones. I've never been in a just a straight pool where you pick players and then add up their points for the year, you know, that type of thing. Um, this is something where you're, you're matched up against four different teams each week and you are going to accumulate four wins or losses that week. And then you're going to start fresh the following week and you're going to change your lineup and all that. So it now, keeps, now Scott, keeps I feel like game. too, we, we invented that too, because when we started ours at the beginning, anyway, we were not using a CBS sports line or anything. It didn't exist. I don't. It think. didn't exist. I remember getting the stats out of USA right. Today and doing it in an Excel spreadsheet. Right. Like, and so that that feels like I feel old. I'm, I'm, yeah. Well, it also kind of feels like it's you so know, Scott. fucking nerd. That's so Scott. Yeah. Oh, that was the only so way to Scott. do it. That was the only way to do it. So <laughs> you asked you asked before what what was going on in the office during the sellout. Well, I can tell you on Wednesdays because that's when the USA Today <laughs> hockey stats came out on uh, Wednesday nights. There were two jack wagons who were deep in the bowels of that of the uh, facility there, who had a spreadsheet open with their hands full of ink uh, from the from the big stat tables, and all we would do is read off uh, week yeah. B and all the totals, and then week A, and we'd subtract them, and that's how you know how many goals you had in one week, how many assists you had in one week, and that feels like we started the league with uh, a stone tablet and a chisel when you think about it in that way. Uh, but I, I really like that that idea of I play you in goals, I play you Tyler in assists, and I play somebody else in plus my. That that's a really to me that's an easy way for people to think about it. Okay. So so when when you guys are like when you guys decided to start this, or even now when you're doing a, a league now, um, do you guys do your? Uh, and we're gonna get into the draft. Okay, we're gonna talk about the legendary drafts <laughs> that you guys had. But do you guys prefer the auctions a straight draft uh a keeper i've heard this this a keeper league uh so you know can you talk to us about what your league is what's the difference between the auctions the the straight draft a keeper and then i'd like to hear about uh the legendary drafts that you guys ran yeah i mean i think yeah i'll take that because it's about the only thing i can answer maybe uh (laughs) you know i think a lot of people know their way in fantasy sports via fantasy football um, and it's not very different in a lot of ways. You know, you can have an auction league where you essentially have, we did this, I think, for a couple of years. There was a year when our league was, it was complicated compared to what it is now. But there were, there, you know, you can, you have a budget, let's say, like a salary cap, and you, um, you essentially bid on players, right? And of course, the best players are going to go for more money, and you're just trying to get, like they do now for daily fantasy, uh, I think. The way that we do it uh, is um, we have a keeper league, which means that you keep your players every year, but we have a four year maximum that you can keep players uh, and it ties in with their NHL contracts. Um, 
So, you know, you could have, if you draft, I don't know. I mean, this is even more complicated for me to even explain. Scott could get this probably out to you better than I can, but the good thing about having the keeper league and it's what I really appreciate about it is it gives you the opportunity to watch who the prospects are, you know, who are the rookies in the league and try to get to players early. And I think this is having a keeper league is really where your, your hockey acumen really comes in. It's, it's what separates, I think, the people who pay attention to the sport and people who are just like, I want to be in fantasy. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's for our league anyway. Yeah, basically, we, we start with, uh, and, and the simple way to explain it, the way we do it, is basically if a guy's scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent, we throw him back in the draft. And there's a little more nuance to it than that, but that's the main idea. Have you guys had your draft already? Yeah. Yeah, Who, I mean, the season Anybody the season have started. Stutzel? Anybody have Stutzel? Yeah, yeah, I did. With the pick that Eric did tra- trade it to me. So, uh. Eric did. <laughs> hey, did you see his first goal? Yeah, that's why I asked. Wow. He batted yeah. that right out of the air. One well, we did. I do remember we had to pass a rule about drafting when we started. Everybody started drafting younger guys that they had to have been drafted into the NHL. Because I remember yeah. telling, uh, I, remember I didn't want to have to go scout AAA midget games yeah. in Ontario on the weekends. <laughs> did you have a head of uh, to stay ahead of uh, John Creepop? Yeah. That's did, a... did, did you have a head of European <laughs> scouting at the time? Yeah. Exactly. Popper was doing that. Yeah. Isn't that isn't it? What it was it called the creepop rule? It might be. It might, it might be. be a, yeah. We also have the Babbitt clause, which is you can't trade a guy and then get him back in a trade because the first year he was in, he decided he was out of it and yeah. traded like three guys for future, and then got him back plus other players for the next year. So we had to put some rules in place. So so starting your own league or, or running your own league. How do you decide on, and, and even for like a Yahoo setup, how do you decide on what stats to use? What makes we the actually, most sense yeah, on, a, I mean, on, a day, on a daily and or weekly basis to yeah, maximize I mean, I, the fun for this? I think the goal is to uh, expand your player pool, right? So if you just go goals and assists, you know, you're only, you're limiting yourself to just a handful of players. So we, for example, now utilize nine stats. Uh, and we've included penalty minutes. We've included hits. Uh, we've included uh, even strength points, you know, just for skaters. Um, you know, we have the obvious ones like goals, assists, plus minus, goals against average, uh, goals uh, or save percentage, goalie wins for the week, you know, things like that. But I think when you add things like hits, when you add things like penalty minutes, it expands your player pool. You get guys, you're starting to look for guys who can not only score maybe 20 goals, but are also getting you 150 penalty minutes. Like those guys become more valuable. You know what I mean? Yeah, we, we had to add hits because penalty minutes doesn't really measure what it used to. It used yeah. to be the guys who right. fought all the time and then fighting kind of, you know, tapered off. And then they put all the obstruction rules in whatever year that was. So now the guys getting all the penalty minutes were not necessarily rough players. They were guys who, defensemen who couldn't keep up. They were slow-footed defensemen. Yeah. But when we started, it was like the golden age of the power for yeah. it. Was, it was yeah. Jeremy Roenick and Brendan Shanahan and Keith Kachuk and Billy Guerin. And, 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 and some teams, so like, let's say we had 16 teams, some guys would leverage that. And like for years and years, their franchise was known. Oh, this is the penalty minute. I mean, this is you know, I'm going to have three goons on my team. I don't care about. I'm punting goals, but I'm going to win this category every week. And uh, 
and that's the other fun thing about the the you know that league is we kind of over time would develop just like a, a real you know real teams any sport teams had personalities i guess um but one thing i would say about those categories is it kind of goes back to that question and scott alluded to this at the beginning of uh of you know knowing know the room so let's say we had 16 guys if 14 or 15 of those guys can can absorb oh let's do expected goals let's do uh fenwick uh differential and all this stuff then great but if you're gonna force those you know those uh those advanced stats on people and six or seven of the teams are really into it two or three are on the fence and the other guys hate it now all of a sudden you're going to be looking for new owners you know three or yeah. four owners every year where you want to have a 16 team league where everybody's kind of the same mindset you know if everybody kind of agrees and scott did a nice job of kind of building a consensus hey you know uh do we want to add uh hits so we can do it and he would you know that way if 14 of the 16 people agree then you're not going to you know spin your wheels every off season trying to find new owners and and have people leaving or not managing their teams because they're just kind of phased out and they don't care after february first uh, or whatever so well, Scott does know what he's doing because he put the three of us together and we have a very nice podcast going. So right. manage, management has done a nice job. seven episodes, man. Just something to shake your head at. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're just trying to get by, you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, so so you guys have all these different stats. Can you walk us through the pros and cons of some of these different ones, like a plus minus? What's yeah, a pro plus for a plus minus? It's the worst stat in sports. It's the worst stat in sports. You were always nine. on a plus side when you played, so I don't know why you're complaining. Because I was never on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> By the time I got up there, we were already up six or eight goals. <laughs> That's why you hate it so much. Yeah. So what? Are, so all right, stupid. So you say it's a bad. Anyone else say it's a positive? Well, obviously, uh, plus minus is is very context dependent. Uh, I guess what I would just say to everybody and you know, everybody in the league is. To, to a certain extent, everything is going to be context dependent. I mean, yeah, it seems like goals are the great equalizer, you know, a very um, solid stat to use. But even then, you're going to have, some, you know, in some teams, you might have a great goal scorer who's on a horseshit line, who's who's surrounded by not a ton of talent, and he's not going to have the same type of numbers as as you would playing in a, an offense that's cranking out four and a half goals a game or something like that. Um, and everything is dependent in that in that sense all the way down. So you, you kind of have to suspend the idea of, okay, I understand that there are grinders who are worth a ton to their teams who just aren't worth as much in this format. Uh, but I do agree with you. you, you, uh, you uh, like Tyler said, you want to try to broaden the base so that you reward different types of skills uh, as many of the, as you can. Uh, I think that's a good that's a good goal, but you don't want to have so many and make it so, um, analytic or whatever, so that you turn people off. So there's probably a happy medium in between. So what about something like penalty minutes where in, in this day and age of the NHL where fighting is, I don't want to say it's, it's curbed, but it's not as prevalent as it once, once was. I mean, regardless of, you know, the other night I saw uh, Detroit and Columbus get into a, a good old line tussle. And the yeah. best part about that was Dylan Larkin. There's no visitor tickets. Dylan Larkin leaves tickets for Zach Warinsky's parents because they're friends. And those two tie up behind the net and they're just throwing at each other. I'm like, this is fantastic. So what are the pros and cons in this day and age of a penalty minutes category when fighting isn't what it once was? 
Yeah, I mean, I think you still have players who are going to get you penalty minutes, but now you're seeing players getting you penalty minutes who are also getting you goals, assists, I guess, plus minus, if that's something you care about. I don't because it's the worst stat in sports. <laughs> but, like, there was a time – like, the way I approach it uh, is we have we play with nine forwards, uh, four defensemen, yeah? So if you can find a defenseman who's going to get you 150, 200 penalty minutes a year – you just plug them into defense and then you don't have to worry about a defenseman getting you points or you don't have to worry about a forward getting you penalty minutes. You just, yeah. you know, you can play all your guys who score goals and just get your, your penalty minutes from the, the back end. Uh, but you see a lot of players in the league now. I mean, Ovechkin, that dude scores goals, but he gets a lot of hits and he'll get yeah. some penalty minutes. Brad Marchand will get a lot of goals <laughs> and a lot of points and he'll get you penalty minutes. Evander Kane will get you 25 goals, 25 assists, and like 120 penalty minutes. That's a valuable player and maybe more valuable than somebody like, say, McDavid, who only gets – I don't know if that's true or not. I haven't done the math. But you get my point. Uh, You know, guys who wouldn't normally – you would think would be top 10 fantasy players, a guy like Evander Kane or Brad Marchand, I mean, they're top 10 because they get you more than – they're multifaceted. And that's that's something that stats and hits can get you. I think that most fantasy sports uh, don't have an option for. How about blocks, block shots? Yeah, I would rather have block shots than plus minus, which is the worst stat in sports. Welcome to the Vasa Vita. Um, hey, fellas, my I'm audio crazy about loop. blocks. What? You have a lot of defensemen who are just pinned in their end all night, and they get a bunch of blocks. Because yeah. Skip, well, Skip just said it. his audio's on loop. He just keeps hearing that plus minus is the worst stat in sports. <laughs> Dan, the one, the uh, one I have a big problem with though is power play points. Some leagues use power play points. Oh yeah, it's easier to produce points on the power play. So why would you pick give Nick it? Yeah, I would use doing a football pick league. Why would Nick you Backstrom? Why would pick you give Backstrom? Yeah, uh, your kicker in football three points for a field goal, but if it's less than thirty yards, you make it four points. That doesn't. Yeah, I, like football. you said before, I would I would accentuate the, the five on five for even strength. We do. We, we yeah. use so we have goals, assists, and equal strength points, which sounds like it's redundant, but it's actually not. Right. right. All right. Let's go into goalies. There seems to be more goalie tandems in the NHL right now. So you know you got like uh, Merz Lincolns and uh, Corpusalo in Columbus. So you got all these tandems going on. How do you solidify your goalie to get the mac- to maximize your points out of a goaltender? Well, uh, so in our league, we have three goalie categories. We have goalie wins, goals against, and save percentage. Right. So you play. Let's say you you play. Your average goalie plays three or four games a week. The way I the way I approach it, some guys are like, well, this guy's going to get all the wins because he's on a good team. Yeah, but his goals against average is 2.7, and his save percentage is 9.1. Big freaking deal. My dad used to do that. If you, whereas I focus on, like, if I can get a goalie, like, okay, so I have Igor Sesterkin, who is going to one day be the best player on the planet considerably. Uh, I have him on my team. He hasn't done really well, but the, other, the last game, he went in the third period – Eight shots against, eight saves. He's now he's got a thousand save percentage. He's got zero goals against. If he never touches the ice again this week, that benefits me. Yeah, he's not going to get the goalie points, but so what? I just dominated two categories. That's one way to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very specific example. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thanks for coming out. <laughs> 
Anyone else? I think, yeah, I think, I mean, I think the, the dual, the tandem goalie trend that you see in the NHL is good for fantasy hockey because again, it expands your player pool, right? Great. Nobody's just going to uh, draft Tuka Rask. We're also going to start seeing drafts of uh, Haro Halak. You're going to not just see Carey Price get picked. You're going to see um, Jake Allen get picked in Montreal, right? And you're going to see some owners who may or may not be smart. I don't know. I haven't figured this out yet. But if you have Carey Price, go after Jake Allen. Or if you have, um, you know, Simeon Varlamov in New York, uh, you know, go after Ilya Samsonov. Did anyone have Henrik Lundqvist? Because yeah. I just I just saw him down on St. Clair at Slimans. Yeah, yeah, we had, after, we, had, after... we had lunch with him at Slimans the other day. Yeah. <laughs> Scott didn't want to go after him. He said, "Give him a couple oh, days to heal." And I said, "He's only in town for three more days. Let's go to Slimans, Slimans and have lunch." Maybe no. he'll leave. He maybe he'll leave surgery. you a voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, or it you know, take a, take a leak in your bathroom. Your mom can leave a note on. Although that. I I think if Lundquist left you a voicemail, it, it would actually just be very polite. <laughs> and, so and I'm not going to lie to you, my wife you wouldn't swear leave. as much as Bobby Holden. No, my, no. My, my wife would leave me if Henrik Lundqvist left that voicemail. So. Say, Where are you? I heard you are a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a suit. I'm in the all right. Place. So, all right. So, the NHL team's trending up and down. How do you gauge where you find your players based on the trend of, say, Edmonton for the last X years had a million number one draft picks? And they amounted to nothing at, at the time. Now I know they have McJesus there and all that, but how do you decide, you know, with, with say like the Rangers trending up with Capo uh, uh, Kako, Kako Capo. I forgive me for my yeah. Finnish friends. Um, you got Alexi Lafreniere, you got the Kachucks in, or the Kachuk brother, or one of the Kachucks in Calgary, Minnesota trending, Ottawa being garbage to now, trending in the right direction. I mean, don't how do sleep you, on Ottawa. How do you decide what teams you're going after, what players you're going after on those teams? You know, for, for years or for the last four, Jack Eichel maybe yeah. high on fantasy fantasy points, but his team is, you know, like yeah, a Detroit I mean, trending in the basement. Yeah, no one's going to turn down Jack Eichel because he plays on a crappy team but you're probably not going to have the benefit of say plus minus, which is the worst stat in sports. But I think it is smart to look at teams that are on the up. Right. And like some of those teams that you mentioned, like the Rangers, I got the Rangers making the playoffs and I have the Rangers making the playoffs because they have players like Ryan Strom, Chris Kreider, uh, Mika Zibinizad, whatever his name is. You DJ, know, they have DJ Mika. Yeah. <laughs> or Timony Panarin. Like they have a good lineup and they have good young defensemen and they have Igor Shosturkin and net who's going to be considered the best player on the planet before too long. You know, that's a good team. So those are teams you want to look at. Like, like it's not only is the team any good, but what is the supporting cast like, right? Like Edmonton, like you said, not very good, but they have Connor McDavid and they have Leon Dreisaitl, like two of the best players in, in, in hockey. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, for this season, for example, other than New York, Philadelphia, is got is loaded oh, and they're God, loaded yeah. in all the right places. And I know they haven't, they've just been kind of shy the last couple of years or just short. But I mean, this is a year you're going to see them probably win that division. And a lot of their, at least their top two and a half lines do really well. And they also have players who will get hits. They will get penalty minutes and they will, I guess, get plus minus now. 
Yeah, so Jason, what about yeah, Jason, I'm, I'm sorry. I think a bigger deal than maybe trying to spot the, the teams on their way up or down is to try to spot um, ice time trends and like news of uh, guys going, you know, going, getting more, either going onto the power play for the first time or getting more power play time. Um, or let's say a team, you know, this, there's so much uh, statistical noise in, in, in hockey that you could go weeks with a power play play just not getting enough opportunities and a guy's shooting percentage is low and you know maybe he be, maybe he becomes a trade target because they say if he has a normal shooting percentage and if they start getting more power play time you know this guy is going to score 15 20 percent more points i you know i can take advantage of that if i can find a, an owner who thinks he's selling low on that guy and so i, I would look more about those type of trends than i would good team versus bad team all right, so how do you, how do you go at a team that may be trending down in the Chicago Blackhawks oh. and a Patrick King? Oh God, they're terrible. Uh, I don't know or if they're trending down. I they they have held their opponents skip, under six goals per game the last. Skip, four. They, they're trending down. They're trending down. <laughs> and, I, and, and, and I'm a Jonathan Taves fan, but they're yeah. trending down. Oh, they're awful. Well, they don't have Kirby Doc, so you know what can you do? There's all right, so anyway, how, how do you uh, uh, like? All right, let's go uh, Arizona Coyotes. They're trending down, but you have to find like a, a Clayton Keller. Yeah. Well, it's, it's uh, kind of like, it's like, imagine like a, a fantasy baseball team that has a stud starting pitcher. He's still a stud starting pitcher, uh, worthy of putting up numbers. Uh, like Tyler said, there's going to be some context things that they're, you know, and a lot of times it's plus minus, which I, we all have heard it's not a very good stat. I've heard that somewhere. Um, the worst but so, so you might have the best offensive player in the league on the worst playing in the worst offense it is possible so well, if, if the context is is going to drag down plus minus but you, you can't you can't punt goal you know his goals and assists mean something well right. that that leads to my next question is is it better to have a top player on a bad team or a role player on a good team i mean i think it depends uh on the team and you know skip and i and scott it's it's about at this point in the game it's about philosophy right like what is going to be your approach like any game uh, you know, you can look at the Kings in L.A. and you can look at Arizona and say, well, they just have all bad players. Maybe they might have. I think Arizona and Darcy Kemper has probably one of the top five goalies in the league, but he's on a bad team. So how valuable is that to you? Um, Ottawa and Detroit. Yeah, they're not great, but there are a couple guys you can probably pick off of each team. Um, you know, in Edmonton, like we said, terrible team, but they have McDavid. They have Dreisaitl. Um, and then you have some good teams. Uh, like, I don't know, I'm sorry to say this, but Pittsburgh or what would be considered a good team. Yeah. You're going to take Crosby. The team's probably not going to be very good anymore for a long Why? time. Why? Why from a fantasy point of view is a team like Pittsburgh with Latang, with Malkin, with Crosby, uh, get, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Gensel. 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 Yeah. Why is that not a good fantasy fit? Uh, they're just not going to be a good team overall, and they're going they're all going to suffer for that, right? So their goalies right now aren't great, so they're going to get scored on a lot. Chris Letang has been a great fantasy defenseman. He's also kind of old. And who's he playing with? No, I don't even know. I can't even name you another defenseman on that. Oh, okay. And he, and he gets guy hurt who a lot. was good last year. What? And he gets hurt yeah, a lot. he gets hurt a lot, right. Um, yeah, I mean, Cros nobody's going to turn down Sidney Crosby or even Malkin. But 
the, you know, if you're third, four, if you're half of your second line and even half of your first line aren't very good, it just doesn't give your star players very many opportunities. I mean, I think Pittsburgh is a good example of a team that may, everybody just thinks is going to be good because they're Pittsburgh and they've been perennially really good. But fantasy wise, I don't know, one, I would take one player off that team. Depends on the team style of play. I mean, like, I'll give it like to me, Carolina is a team this year that I kind of like to to perform better than people would think. But it doesn't mean they're loaded with fantasy talent. Yeah, they might they might win more games than you think they're going to. From a gambling standpoint, they might be a, a nice play. But from an individual's adding up below that, I'm not sure that I would agree with that. Skip, do you play the ponies? I do. I love it. I love every second of what you've been saying about playing horse racing and we're going to Pimlico. All right. 2020. I, 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 I'm back, Jay. I'm back. I mean, oh, I, you're here. I, I, I watched I watched I watched you on the it's phone. Out of I told you these guys don't mind. I mean, I think Skip's got some sort of elixir he's been drinking the whole time we're talking. <laughs> so he's drinking the champagne of beers. Uh, I, no, not the champagne. I'm just drinking the banquet. Banquet beer, the banquet beer. Yeah. Well, no, and, but I don't know what's going on here, but my computer, I keep freezing. It's, it's a just, fan. It's a fantasy stat. I mean, Will Sully's computer freeze. Yeah, it's like, it's like plus minus. I hate it. Yeah, Tim, is know. your is your computer using plus minus? That could be the problem. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw, but I, I had to call Dan, and I'm like, Dan, what the hell is going on here? You both got off the call at the same time. It was phenomenal. <laughs> so, all right. Well, since I'm here, and and I'll probably get kicked off soon. 2020, 2021 players suggestions. All right, what what players will benefit the most from changing NHL teams this past summer or this upcoming summer? I had the option of uh, keeping Ty- Tyson Berry was one of the players that I was going to lose into our free agent situation. Our rules say you can keep two of the guys that are free agents, your own free agents, and I wasn't going to keep him. But when he went to Edmonton, I went ahead and kept him over. Uh, I forget who the other guy was, but. Um, the, cha- the, the Edmonton power play is just ridiculous, and he's going to have a chance to just dish the puck off to McDavid and Dreisaitl, and just by osmosis, he's going to collect a lot of <laughs> a lot of points. I mean, that plays to his strength. He's not the best two-way player, but to put him out there in the power play in those situations, he's going to rack up a lot of points, I'm hoping. But he doesn't get plus-minus points for that, though, Scott. That's right. No, get, a lot of apples. A lot of apples. You won't get even strength points or plus-minus, but. Skip, how about you? I like um, Dodonov going to Ottawa. Um, and, and Ottawa's – I think Ottawa might be a, a year away from from putting up some good numbers, but I think he, just the ice time, the power play time, um, the, the talent he's around, uh, ice time's a big thing. I, I think he'll bounce back uh, and get back to where he was maybe two or three years ago. Tyler, how about you? Met- you? You know, I think the one that everybody's missing uh, because they're not as good at this as I am is uh, Taylor Hall playing in Buffalo with Jack Eichel. I mean, the guy was in Arizona last year. He's going to have a great year again. Uh, you're seeing good things from Bobby Ryan in Detroit right now. And Bobby Ryan, has gotten a, he's gotten 17 hits, I think, in three or four games. Uh, and I'm interested to see what Joe Thornton's going to do in Toronto. I mean, if you're talking about leap from the previous year, Joe Thornton is probably going to go from 20, what, three, five points last year to possibly, I don't know, 35, 40. What about, okay, so we talked. All on assists? Maybe. Because isn't he playing with uh, Matthews and Marner? 
uh, in the power play. He's probably gonna not gonna be playing on that first line for an entire season because the guy's, I mean, older than I am. Maybe I don't know. He's not. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> it's close. Well, so, so we've talked about like players that benefit from changing teams. What about some sleepers out there, like guys that have been around uh, for a while but with mediocre uh, uh, results that might be able to slide a couple points here or there, and you get them at a good price? Oliver Bjorkstrand from Columbus is a big one that a lot of people uh, are jumping on. Uh, He scored a lot of goals in the second half of last year, scored a ton of goals in junior hockey, and he's playing on the first line with Dubois. And I think he's going to have a big year. Tyler, Tyler shaking. you're shaking your head. No. Why no, Ty? God, God love him, has this, like, affinity for players who stepped foot in Cleveland. Oliver Borkstrand, they've been saying the same thing about Oliver Borkstrand for five years, and the guy has never done it. And that's why he's, he's a de- sleeper. <laughs> he's a sleeper, all right. <laughs> Wake him up. Because <laughs> his, his, his eyes is up. <laughs> he, didn't he just sign a big ticket? I mean, probably his centerman's going to be gone in probably two months. Yeah. yeah. I have a great story about Bjorkstrand, but I can't tell it online. <clears throat> so, you tell me what about Marco you, Polo. <laughs> You know, there's a couple, um, there's a couple goaltenders I like, uh, Gibson in uh, Anaheim. And one of you guys mentioned Halak. And I think Halak's a good play this year because of the, the compressed schedule. I think he's solid and will get just, you know, a couple more starts by default. And uh, and I think both of those guys can be more productive than they were a year ago. Do you think John Gibson needs to leave? Where's he at Anaheim? Well, I, I, for, for, for wins, yes. But, you know, I, there's other things he does. I mean, just, he does well, so. What, play the puck well? Or what are we talking, Skip? Uh, just, just his other categories, his, his safe percentage, so. I'm teasing. I'm I'm on more save percentage than anything else. And some of the stuff you could look at too, like I, I love the advanced stats on like guys that are having a, you know, they're get picked apart on the power play maybe for a while and their, you know, their, their numbers look bad. And I think he's a good bounce back candidate for something like that. All right. So you guys are very, very analytical on, on all these players that you've named so far and, and all these situations. How do you know when a player is about to break out? Yeah, you wait for Harrington to trade him to you. <laughs> uh, Mika Ratanen, I think, is a good example of a player who uh, did fairly well in his, like, junior years. Uh, had, you know, an okay rookie year. Harrington traded him to me for I don't know what. And then he blew up. Uh, I think it has to do with everything we've talked about so far. Who's he playing with? Is he playing on the power play? Uh, how is this team going to do, um, you know, and what kind of player are they? What, and you know, what size are they? <laughs> Honestly, like, can they handle the grind of a full NHL 82 game season uh, versus, yeah, they might score hundred points in the O, but you know, they only play what 50, 60 games in the O it's a whole, you know, you always talk about um, rookies hitting a rookie wall their first year because, once they hit that 50 game part of the season, you know, they have another 30 games to go and they're just not used to it. So I think we'll see this season because it's a shortened season. Um, a lot of players break out that maybe we would not have thought of for that reason alone, possibly. Scott, how about you? 
I like looking at guys and what they're producing per 60 minutes in terms of points or shots on goal, even hits, things like that. And then I just look for guys who have been maybe playing in a bottom six role, but producing good with the minutes that they've had. So they don't, they kind of slide under the radar because the counting stats aren't that great. But then uh, you find out they're moving up to the second line or getting some power play time in, in that year. And that's, you know, guys that can really uh, start to pop. Yeah, I, I would I would echo that and just say, you know, line mates, uh, power play time, ice time in general. And then one thing I like to look at is a guy who's just having a bad shooting percentage year, um, whether it's situational or even strength. And, and, and you know, you just kind of figure, OK, if this guy has a normal shooting percentage, you know, what does that work out to? Um, Alex to it's a big, a good uh, bounce back candidate for that reason alone. He's going to get his shots. He's going to have good line mates. He's on a crap team, um, but he, you know, his shooting percentage was ridiculously low last year. Uh, he's already got a couple goals this year, and, and, I, and I think he's going to have a good year. So, All right. So yeah, I mean, I, I think you're safe taking anybody from Philly, too. Uh, Philly's going to be, like I said, a great team. Uh, you know, you have a guy like Kevin Hayes who never hit 55 points. I mean, he would do that if it was 82 games this year for, for sure. Uh, Nolan Patrick, who is the number two overall pick, is probably going to have a great year because of that. Uh, Travis Konechny, who's been solid, but he's on a great team now. Uh, Joel Farabee, and even their goalie, uh, Kerry Hart, who I know Scott has in his league and he's very happy about. Isn't it Carter? Kata? Whatever. doesn't matter. I just keep thinking Carter. about the, the guy, the 80s singer. <laughs> I got Carter Hart, Brady Kachuk, and Rasmus Dahlin all in the same draft two years ago. <clears throat> Did you All trade? Right, did you trade any of them to Tyler? I have not. No, I, I, will not. I think he got that uh, that Rosmus trade that pick from my. From my <laughs> it doesn't matter. Terrible trade. Although once we made a trade, uh, I gave was it Mike Knubel? Oh uh, no, that was Ed. It was Ed Jarosowicz. Oh, I thought I traded you a guy, and then you ended up beating me in the finals by a goal, and the guy scored at the end. I thought it was Mike Knubel. Uh, maybe. No, Mike Knubel was a trade I made. I, I traded for Mike Knubel and Brendan Shanahan at the trade deadline, and our playoffs started <laughs> the following week. And the first game, those two dudes, after I traded, I gave up, like, first round. I gave up a lot for them. Uh, they played each other on national TV, like, in the middle of a Saturday, uh, it was Philadelphia versus the Rangers, and they skated into each other and knocked each other out for like two months. <laughs> they didn't like hit each other. They didn't like, yeah. I'm lining this dude up. No, they like just didn't know where they were going, like two old a holes, and just smacked into each other. You can find the clip on YouTube. I have it on my phone. <laughs> so, it what's was, what's the worst trade? In your league, what is a trade that went down that you're like, there? This is the dumbest trade ever. Uh, that's I a mean, great question. I don't know. Uh, yeah, those are. I, I'm notorious for making trades just on a whim. Like if there's just so many assets involved, I'll just go along with it. I don't care. And the guy I ended up playing last year in the semifinals, he had like, I think. 18 out of his 25 players were former players from mine from like the year before because I just kept trading them to him. <laughs> I traded you Rantanen. I think I traded Kyle Connor that year too. And then he scored. 
Did anyone yeah. ever trade for Hal Gill? No. You know what, though? I mean, as much as I used to bag on Hal Gill, the dude got hits uh, in penalty minutes. He probably would have mm-hmm. been a decent fantasy player if he wasn't so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so let's go with some general tips. What is a general trip? Uh, what is a general tip for our listeners that might want to start up their own fantasy league? How about the like a draft setup? I think I put that down there because I so we had our draft last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was. And first of all, I was I didn't realize it started at seven. I started I started at seven thirty, and I was in a Boy Scout meeting. And I literally walked in and there were six picks deep already and I was coming up and I pretty much spent the whole night running back and forth and trying to keep up on the picks. But I think we had it set for 45 seconds between picks. Most, most uh, platforms you use online, you can set up a draft room and, and kind of say how long you have between picks and that. And I think uh, our commissioner had it set for 45 seconds. Um, but you have to consider that a lot of people make their first couple of picks and then it goes to, they go to auto draft and those happen like that. And uh, I think we probably could have put more like two minutes between because not everybody's going to use it. Um, that would just be one tip. Skip, what do you think? Uh, just as far as the format? Yes. Um, you know, I, I like the, I love the in-person draft. I mean, if you, as many guys you can be in person, I love those. Those early years that we had were, I thought yeah. those were hilarious. And it was, we had a podium. Well, I get, so I got, I got, I kept getting get kicked out of this uh, Zoom because that's how we do this. Did you guys talk about the drafts in the early days or no? No, no, no. Okay. So can, let's, can you talk about how that went? Like, huh. just give our listeners an idea of how you guys did this because it's pretty impressive. And, and do well, it quickly before I freeze again. Yeah, Scott. I mean, Scott can talk to it better than I. I what I remember is, I mean, we had a couple or three of them we had at at the arena. Uh, it was all Indians and and uh, lumberjacks guys, and we had them there. We had one at uh, Flannery's. That was kind oh, of yeah. an, an infamous draft for me. I'd been at a golf outing all day, and <laughs> I probably should have had someone else draft my team. Um, <laughs> But the, but they were all back then. Of course, they almost had to be in person because it just you know this was the the dawn of the internet when we were doing this. So yeah, we had them in person. They were down on the event level at uh, then Gund Arena. Uh, so that was fun. I had it all set up. We were yeah. going to have the draft in the locker room, right? In the locker room, mm. in the lumberjacks locker room, and every guy would have his own stall. Uh, but then I I quit that summer and we never actually were able to go through with that. That would have been pretty good. But I remember we had a podium. I think our first round pick, we would go up to the podium and have fun. You had theme music, didn't you, Skip? Oh yeah. I had, well, here come the Hawk. My team was the, uh, yeah. so the, the, the format of the, like every, every team had to be, it was called the beer hockey league and every team was named after a brand of beer and then your, your team name. So I was the old style Hawks and, and I played here come the Hawks. Uh, before my draft pick but and this this league was great because like scott had a media guide for this thing. i mean and he kept records so like even four or five years in we knew okay you know eric lindros is the all-time leading scorer in our games you know in the games that we've played he's the all-time leading scorer and, and we so, pretended to play 
that we pretended to learn. And so like right off the bat, we had this history, we had this, uh, we had communications and, and, uh, and records and it just looked and sounded and, and felt very tangible and, and, and we weren't forcing that on people. People liked that. We all kind of, we were all working in sports. So we kind of wanted to have something that looked officially branded or whatever. And, and that's how kind of, that's how we ran with it. So Pat yeah, Fitzgerald, I mean, I, who is still in the league, he would he would uh, get us all set up down on the event level there uh, at the arena. All right, that was a nice. I was catered too. And yeah. he would give yeah we get food, pizza, and beer, and uh, yeah, it was a good time. It's all I it's think, all uh, online now, but those yeah those and those drafts I remember we had like three different types of free agents we could draft. It was it was uh, way complicated. But yeah, I think we'll have to go back to the original question of like, how do you start a league? I mean, keep it simple. Don't yeah. overthink it and make sure there's <clears throat> booze involved. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, just, well, and, and, got, and make sure you get a cool trophy. Oh, right. we, had, we had the, uh, it, and I don't, hopefully this is not the first you're hearing this, Sam or uh, Skip, but it's now called the Harrington Cup. But oh, it, no. it, it was the Snow Cup for yeah. a great many years. And it was actually a small replica of Stanley Cup, which uh, was broken into splintered into pieces at least twice by the by the '94 Rangers, and then <laughs> and then glued back together, uh, and the winner would drink out of it. Uh, but actually, Tyler, your brother, before he was even in the league, Robbie, I think uh, Curtis Danberg, the Indians PR guy, was in there, and and. Uh, Matt Underwood was in it for a, a bit too, but I think uh, Curtis had won it and I was getting the cut back from him the next year. So I picked it up at a Indians game and me and, and Robbie went to the game and I just had the, the snow cup in this little plastic uh, grocery bag and I, it was tucked under my seat and I went to the bathroom and I came back and Robbie had, it was in pieces all over the <laughs> He dropped, took it out to look at it and dropped it on the on the uh, concrete. Well, in yeah. the one year, so what happens is the uh, at least for a couple of years, the the previous winner would would bestow it to the the new winner. And one year we did it really during an Indians pregame up in the press box, and I and I had won it the previous year, and I put on I don't know if I had white gloves or just gloves. I put on gloves, so I was handling the cup like the cupkeeper, and I think they got us on. Fox Sports or whatever it was back then, uh, that me actually handing the cup, it became part of their broadcast. So whatever you do when you start a league, make sure that your cup ceremony is broadcast on regional <laughs> yeah. cable network. Yeah. That's the basics. <laughs> if you haven't done that, you failed. You really, you know. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it's really hard to promote the league without a TV. That was considered if going viral. You can't viral get a network deal, regional cable, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Getting on the jumbotron at Gundarina, that was viral back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Was Absolutely. that the kiss was that Kiss Cam? Kiss Cam. Yeah. Cup Cam. Cup Cam. And then another another team won it. Uh and they as soon as they got it, they went to take pictures. They did like a photo shoot with it and dropped it on the sidewalk, broke it into pieces, mm. and for seven months didn't tell me. I think they were either trying to glue it back together or find a replacement. <laughs> but then eventually well, the they had to come clean and and sheepishly give me give it back to me and it was a little in a bag but the moral is get together. something you can actually drink out of but not yeah. something you can actually break right yes. yeah <laughs> well hey All guys right. thanks thanks for coming on and uh talking to us about uh fantasy hockey uh how you do it how you get started all the ins and outs 
Uh, I wish I could have listened to the entire thing. Maybe I will one when it, when it <laughs> no, comes you don't. back. Nobody's. <laughs> it's an hour. Were you serious about fantasy hockey? That was fun. <laughs> hey, before we get off, Tim and Jason, I want to pass along something to you guys. I, I work with uh, with Rocky River High School and uh doing stuff for their athletic department and i heard the the uh the podcast you did it was a week or so ago with uh chris kogan mm -hmm. and it was a great talk with him and it, you guys hit on something i i think is a, a great topic this winter is is talking about everything that the high schools are going through and that the ad's and the coaches and the families are going through just to get in games and uh and, and I, you guys did a nice job covering that part that aspect of his season and just you know, just how much time that's, that's taking and how much effort and uh, a lot of a big stick tap goes to the coaches too. Uh, well, thank, thanks. I appreciate that. You know, those, those ADs and, and uh, everyone in, in the administrative side of it at, in the athletic departments, it's nonstop sending codes and, and sending links and stuff so that parents, you know, one parent, two parents or whatever it may be can get into the game. So, you know, they, they're putting in yeoman's work uh, for, for these families to try to go and, and see their, their sons or daughters play. I agree. So, well, guys, thanks again. Appreciate it. And uh, good mm. luck. Maybe when the season's over, uh, we can management, maybe we can have you guys back with, with the winner of your BHL league. Uh, of the Harrington Cup. What's that? It's going to be me. I got the best player what? on the planet, Igor Sesterkin. <laughs> so, so what are you doing well, next maybe week? Maybe you get that joke when you listen to it. Can I can I make a prediction? I'm not in the league anymore, but I'd like to make a prediction that if Tyler loses out, and plus minus is his downfall. Oh, <laughs> oh boy! Oh, fantastic! It's happened. Don't laugh. It's happened. <laughs> That's why he hates it so much. So, all right, guys. Thanks, guys. It was awesome. Yep. Thank thanks. You. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks, guys. This episode of the Ohio Hockey Digest On Air podcast is brought to you by Ohio Hockey Project. Enrollment is now open for spring and summer programs at www.ohiohockeyproject.com. Jay, it was good catching up. Uh, you know, we, we've known uh, those guys for, for a while there, and, and but it was good catching up uh, with uh, management, Scott Harrington, uh, Tyler Whitten, and Skip Snow uh, to talk a little bit about uh, the arena of fantasy hockey. Uh, and that's something that, that I'm really not too uh, up to tune on. But it was good to hear the differences on, on how – I mean, there's so many different ways you can run a league and, and how they feel a league should be run or good uh, pros and cons of a league. Well, first and foremost, <clears throat> those guys have their league set up. It is – it's almost an institution. It's – they're having so much fun within their setup. Um, I, too, do not know much about fantasy hockey – uh, thank goodness for writers that can write the questions for us to ask them. But those guys are, 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 have done this for so long. I think it will be good for those that, that are maybe on the fence, such as ourselves that don't know about too much about it. And, and they gave us some good starting points and things to look for and, and players to watch. And obviously they're well-versed in it. Obviously maybe someone like, I don't know, like uh, Tyler has a lot of time, on his hands to research this. I know Scott definitely has a lot of time on his hands since we run this on our, on our own. Um, a guy like Skip Snow writing for Rocky river. Um, he has a lot of time on his hands, but at the end of the day, it's about having a good time with your friends, getting uh, you know, your love for hockey out there and following players. And, and I know in the limited uh, fantasy world I've lived in, 
hockey wise anyways it, it is fun to pay attention to the game on a different level and i hope our listeners took from these interviews that that there's many different avenues to have a good time within the game of hockey yeah and, and there's i mean listen I, i've done some fantasy hockey before and i wasn't really good at it i did a fantasy uh <laughs> quick quick story i did a fantasy baseball but it was like a home run derby style thing right <laughs> and and my buddy called me up and said hey you got to get your picks in by by midnight and this was way back when man this was like before like mcguire and sosa did their thing right right so i i, I didn't know anything about these players or whatever i so i draft or i picked or drafted whatever uh it wasn't draft you just chose your guys and you could like like i could have you know jim told and you could have jim told right Okay. You know, so uh, <laughs> I picked two guys that were in the minor leagues and they're like, hey, that, they, those those home runs don't count, you know. <laughs> so it was it was good to learn a little bit uh, and get in depth about the fantasy hockey or the fantasy uh, sports world. So uh, so it was fun to catch up with those guys. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully they have a good. Uh, season and again a condensed season and I appreciate what Tyler said and and, and Skip as well as we're going to see some guys that are going to break out in a condensed season uh, that probably we would would maybe plateau 50 56 games in so uh, it's in, for me I'm going to pay attention a lot more to that yeah absolutely I think that you know you you're, like I said you're you're looking to have a good time with your friends you're you're in, you're into the game of hockey a fantasy league allows you to pay attention deeper. And that's a great thing. And at the end of the day, all you want to do is have a, a, a sturdy cup that you can drink out of. Maybe take it to like Fagan's or Shooters across in Cleveland and, and show it off or show it to your friends and, and just get together. I mean, the game of hockey is for everyone as the, as the, uh, the NHL states. And, and, you know, like you said, with the condensed season, we're going to see things that we don't normally see. Guys break out earlier guys have successful years that <coughs> excuse me over the course of an 80 82 game season maybe they do plateau but at the end of the day we're getting to follow hockey you're getting to follow it on many different levels and it's just as we say continue to grow the game that's right so as uh skip said you know or he was talking and then tyler jumped in and said hey 37 episodes in. Well, we just ended 30, our 37th episode. Um, and I, I, I'm having more fun today than I did in episode one. So we will continue to grow the game as best as we can. This is On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast. Good.